might have heard in the news today that the Australian government has decided to make a substantial investment in smart sea mines. Yes, smart sea mines. The mines can be programmed to automatically detect things like enemy ships and submarines. And the Defence Department says they'll be used to help secure Australia's maritime borders. To tell you more about how these mines work, I'm joined by retired, retired naval officer and mine warfare expert, Greg Mapson. Welcome to you, Greg. Uh, you've described these sea mines or smart sea mines as the most effective weapon system in maritime warfare. I gather these uh, this technology's moved on from those sort of coronavirus-looking big bits of metal that were floating around in the oceans during World War II. <laughs> Andy, uh, uh, good afternoon and, and thank you for having me on your program. Uh, yes, indeed. So uh, all those uh, old war movies that we used to watch as kids and we watched the submarines sort of trying to get through a minefield and the cable scraping against the hull and the crew all sitting inside terrified. Uh, yes, we've moved on from that now. We have uh, far more uh, modern devices that, uh, uh, you know, they can be uh, floating ones as well, but predominantly uh, resting on the seabed with uh, microprocessors and the capacity uh, to analyse um, uh, ships and submarines that are passing by and, and to actually target them. I understand we haven't deployed sea mines since the Vietnam War, although I note uh, they were used in the Gulf War by uh, the Iraqis. So why is now the opportunity to use these sea mines strategically in our waters? Okay, well, I mean, Australia uh, traditionally is, has had uh, sea mines in the past. I mean, we we laid some 10,000 sea mines during the Second World War all the way up the uh, Queensland coast into uh, PNG waters. Um, so it's certainly capabilities that we've had in our uh, defence uh, uh, weapon or bat, uh, order of battle for for many years. As you mentioned, uh, last time we had some some sea um, uh, mines were they were converted uh, five hundred pound bombs um, with a, uh, a specialised fuse that we could de- you know uh, use in um, in the ocean basically, and that was during the Vietnam uh, period. But we actually haven't had them now for hmm, probably best part of twenty years. It's not a very attractive. Um, uh, Sister Mandy, uh, you know, in peacetime when, uh, you know, money is being sort of allocated to submarines and destroyers. The humble mine is is not a particularly sexy uh, piece of equipment, but however, <laughs> incredibly versatile. They're coming back. They're coming back with a whole yeah, lot of government yeah, funding. Yeah, coming back. Incredib- incredibly versatile and a very, very, as I said, very, very uh, powerful deterrent to anyone who'd want to um, uh, cause Australia any uh, grief. So, so apart from the t- deterrence aspect... What can these smart sea mines do? What are the capabilities of this technology? Well, well, yeah, okay. Well, firstly, there was a bit of discussion today about the, you know them being in the water immediately. Well, that's not true. Firstly, uh, um, you know, we'd only use them in a, in a period of tension or a conflict. It's not as though we're going to sort of stick them out there now in the water and they've been waiting for, for some sort of target. So it's only used like many of our other capabilities uh, during wartime. It's very much a a defensive uh, capability that we're seeking to 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 acquire, but essentially these days, uh, those mines can be laid with great precision. Without you know global positioning systems, we know exactly where we lay them, and and they can be programmed to look for specific classes of ship. It could be a, a warship, it could be a submarine, uh, or a merchant ship. So we can be very very specific about what target we're actually um, uh, chasing. 
What what levels um, of human uh, sort of intervention or vetting uh, would go on between the detection of, let's say, a foreign vessel in our waters and one of these mines being detonated? I mean, how much human input is there? Okay, so we're to- Andy, we're talking about a period of conflict. So whenever mines are put into the water, generally speaking, there is a conflict going on. And, uh, you know, we would be uh, trying to uh, control, uh, in, in the context of defending Australia, uh, control the waters uh, and for our own ships and also preventing enemy ships from, from approaching our ports and our strategic uh, waterways. So um, we would certainly target mines. We would, sorry, program the mines to target uh, opposition to enemy vessels. Uh, and, and, and we could be targeting merchant ships. Generally speaking, we may well be mostly targeting um, uh, military vessels. And uh, we would know where our mines are. The enemy wouldn't. So, you know, it's a case of uh, if you come this way, beware. It sounds like they've uh, certainly made leaps and bounds in technology from the copper wires that were uh, sunken at the mouth of Sydney Harbour, which ultimately detected those um, Japanese midget submarines. Although, look where that ha- what happened at the end of that evening. If you're if you just tuned in, uh, this is RN Drive. I'm Andy Park. I'm speaking with maritime mine expert Greg Mapson about Australia's decision to invest in smart sea mines. Uh, certainly, one factor is as a deterrent against any potential sea conflict. Who is making these mines? Uh, look, there's uh, firstly that probably every major uh, navy around the world has uh, sea mines and they are made by uh, a number of companies around the world, uh, a couple in the United States and uh, two or three in Europe as well. How many are needed to successfully protect our sea borders if there was a time of conflict, as you say? Yeah, Andy, that, that can be a very, very uh, a difficult question to, to answer because it really depends upon uh, the, the type of mine you get, the sort of radius of action or the effectiveness that, that the mine has, uh, whether it's a ground mine, whether it's a mobile mine. There's all sorts of different uh, situations that might arise. But, you know, I, I've been asked this question. I don't know what the government's uh, intentions are in terms of numbers of mines. But if you look at the sheer uh, size of the Australian coastline and the number of important ports that we have and that we might wish to protect, I think uh, my estimation would be a minimum of 500 and probably optimally around 1,000 weapons. And and where would these things be stored until such time as they're uh, deposited in the sea in the time of conflict? Well, well, like all our, our munitions, they're stored in purpose-built facilities in places like Orchard Hills outside Sydney. That's where we keep, you know, all our uh, our missiles and our explosive devices and, and uh, artillery shells and all those sort of things, and then they are distributed uh, when required. I, I know you said these things are terribly intelligent, but is there something patently, I don't know, unethical about dropping uh, these detonators into the ocean? I mean, what if we lose track of them? I mean... That certainly happened yeah, with the previous uh, generation of sea mines. Yeah, it's a good question, Andy, because, uh, you know, it was something that was pondered by, uh, you know, during the Geneva Convention in 1903, particularly after the First World War. They looked very closely at, you know, what about sea mines? Because uh, in those days they put them in the ocean. They didn't have very good ac- accurate uh, positional information. 
Uh, and so they came up with some rules. For example, you, you can't, you're not supposed to uh, put uh, floating mines uh, in the ocean. They've got to be tethered. And if they are tethered to the bottom, if they're cut or released, they've got to become inactive. They have sort of rules and regulations like that, which we abide by. Um, uh, we're very careful about where we put these mines. They don't move around too much, the type of mines that we're probably going to acquire. They sit on the bottom, so we know where they are. And it's our responsibility uh, upon cessation of any sort of hostilities for us to remove them. It's a fascinating uh, decision by the Australian government. Uh, appreciate your time this afternoon, Greg. My pleasure. Thanks, Andy. That's Greg Mapson. Uh, he's a maritime weapons expert and former naval uh, officer with the Royal Australian Navy. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.